show. I'm drinking a Topo Chico with lime this week. What is this? Topo for British people? I'm Donovan. I'm Arthur, and I'm... Because <sighs> they have scurvy. <laughs> Good. Uh, I love the topography of this joke. <laughs> like the map. There map we go. I've been racking my brain. Uh, since I premiered that hilarious joke on the Behind a Paywall episode with Corla, and I really have been trying to think of other other way places that Topo fits in, you're gonna find you're gonna find a lot of them. I, I get the sense. Uh, we really, I think we may have done every word that rhymes with Gump. Yes, I think we're fully out of those. On to this one. But yeah, I, they're out there, uh, and I think you're gonna find them. And I'm excited to go on this journey with you. Hell yeah. Soap on a rope. Topo Chico. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe? Mix them together? I don't fucking know. How's it going over on your end, partner? Oh, it's a hellish nightmare. Uh, I very nearly uh, fucking relapsed uh, for my alcohol uh, not use today. Uh, I was driving home from work, and I got to the roundabout by the corner where my house is and uh instead of taking the turn off to go to my house i went back towards the store where the booze was and i got into the parking lot where the booze was and i fucking yanked a yui and drove back to my house uh didn't do it nice but i fully was like i'm fucking i'm fucking getting getting some beers fuck uh mainly because uh work is a hellish nightmare and uh capitalism causes a pain from which I can have no relief. And so I thought maybe I could pour booze on it. But I know that that way madness lies, so I chose not to do it. Good on you. It's particularly hard when you already have the momentum going, like you're already there in the parking lot. It's mm-hmm. way too easy to be like, eh, it's already happening. Right. Good on you for, for putting the foot down. That's fucking tough. Yeah, that's a that's the big thing. Because... Um, yeah, it's it's totally I get, I get exactly what you're saying. The like things start happening and you're like, "Well, already here." Yeah. Right. And I yeah. It's the good old all or nothing thinking. Mm, yes. From Something our cognitive be- from our cock and ball therapy that we yeah. our cognitive behavioral torture. <laughs> exactly. Uh but I've, I think I've talked about that in relation to like exercising where it can be mm. like, if I can't do the entire thing, it's fucked. I'm not going to do it at all. Like if I can't do this full hour routine, no chance. This feels like the reverse of that where it's like, yeah. uh, uh, I've already, I've already gotten this emotion. I can't, I, it has to happen. You know what I'm saying? The, the progress bar has gone up to 10%. You can't just cancel the progress bar, which is patently false. You can stomp that progress bar into the ground if its progression is taking you to depression. Yes. Damn. <laughs> what, Tony Robbins? Oh. Are you going to write a book? Like, what is this? <laughs> Woo. Where's uh, this coming from? Off the dome. That's where uh, <laughs> just a factory of musings and rhymes uh, and Topo Chico's with limes. <laughs> yes. Jesus. Oh, fucking nailing it. But uh, yeah, I have I have had this uh, this desire has been cropping up, cropping up more of late. I'm not sure what the difference is, but uh, wish me luck in continuing to avoid alcohol. 
Uh, well, I sent you the the yoga playlist Tony and I were talking about several episodes ago. Because uh, I've been leaning into the yoga big time. Nice. And I had, I guess I've gotten to the point where, like, I kind of take a moment at the end of it at every time to be like, how am I feeling now? And every time it's like, oh, holy shit, I feel infinitely better than I did before when I felt like I couldn't move or like I'm just fucking stuck on a couch depressed kind of feeling. Wow. Uh, and kind of making that consistent connection there, I guess. I don't know, just fully knowing it's going to work. At the worst case, like, I'm going to be lifted up a little bit if I even do a little bit of this shit. Uh, that's made it easier now when I'm feeling down, which would, yeah, drive me to drinking in the past, as, as you're saying, like the negative coping mechanism side. Uh, or whatever else it may be for people. I've kind of been like, okay, I'm getting the mat. I'm putting it on the ground. I'm putting gym shorts on. Cause if I get those two things, then yeah. it's the momentum in a good way. Then I'm like, it's fucking there. Let's do the thing. Uh, highly recommend that, I guess is what I'm saying. Okay. So I guess I need to get a mat and I think I'm going to rock yo's. I think I'm going to get some yo's to wear uh, yoga pants. Oh, they it's call them nice, yo's. Yeah, I call them yo's. I've always <laughs> called them yo's. I don't know if that I just made that up or if I had heard that somewhere, but I call yoga yeah. pants yo's, like leggings or yo's. That's funny because I always call I always called them gas. What's that? Like that, like yo, but also oh, guz, guz. That didn't Fuck. have the same ring to it. Trash this bit. It's fucking dog shit. <laughs> I love it. I called him gas. Fuck. Powerful. Pretty good. Pretty good stuff. Uh, well, hey, uh, listeners out there, you have been barraging us with questions uh, oh, yeah. to the degree that we actually have a backlog now of some ones uh, we missed on the last episodes. And, and uh, one that we missed from a fucking month yeah. ago. Yeah. We're going to say, let's, let's say that at the top. If you're the one who, if you sent one in and we didn't answer it like a month ago, because I, I think that's literally the only time we've, we've missed one. Yeah. Uh, we're going to get to it here. Sorry mm-hmm. we missed it. It's a good question too. Uh, and besides that, if you sent one in last week, we will get to it here. And if you send a new, I, th- I think we're going to be able to get through everything is what I'm saying. If you have an unanswered question, steady your heart, because here we come. <laughs> it's the question box. Asking all them questions. Asking all them questions. Why you asking all them questions? Making statements. Uh, who? Asking all them questions. Asking all them questions. Why you asking all them questions? Making statements. Uh, who? Woo! Where you been? Folks, uh, it's the question box, uh, which I just brought up, but I'll give you the usual details on. After this special announcement, another special announcement. Uh, we have a, a, a good problem here on the show where we are now receiving more questions that we can, than we can answer. Uh, and years ago, close to the beginning, I guess when we made the question box, Arthur insisted that we promise to answer every question in the question box. That was my dumbass idea. <laughs> but this is simply unfeasible. Otherwise, this episode, for example, would be three hours long. <laughs> But that being said, uh, we're going to grandfather in the ones that have come before this. If you, you know, as I just mentioned, and if you had one that was that was missed, we're going to knock those out now. And uh, as well as as well as this week's questions. Uh, so just a heads up on that. In the future, pl- make 
We're going to pick the ones we like the most. We're, really what we're going to do is we're going to look for novelty because we have a tendency to... Uh, not, that, not that this is necessarily a problem, and if you have a relationship issue that you'd like us to solve that we have dealt with before, um, like that's totally fair. Yeah. Uh, but if it's something that we've dealt with recently or something like, what's a fun date to do during quarantine? We've done this, you know, yeah. half a dozen times. Um, so we're going to start sort of curating for novelty. If you have, if you have something that's like new to us, uh, or something that's sort of unusual or out of the ordinary, that's going to get precedence over, um, something that we've heard, you know, half a dozen times before. Right. So put a bunch of cat emojis in your questions. That way I will pick them. That's yeah, what definitely. we're going to get here. <laughs> uh, but thank you for the flood of questions, because as we said, that's a good problem. Yeah, to high have. quality problem. Uh, and we really fucking appreciate it. So teleporting back in time to a month ago, uh, here is this question that we had. And I hope you have a time machine and you can go back and use our advice or something along those lines. I don't have one I can give you or I would. Help, RFTB boys. My husband is refusing to wear a condom during sex. Oof. I changed my birth control, and it will be a few months before we can 100% trust that. And now my husband says he just wants to wait until then because condoms are not an option. Is this some weird way of giving me the slip, or is it possible he could just hate condoms this much? He's showing no other signs of disinterest in our relationship. And also I'm bummed because I've been hoping to throw a unicorn into this mix, but a condom would be required for that. I know sex is totally possible without anything that could be pregnant, but his stance on this is a big turnoff. Is he blasting air horns at me? Hmm. I wouldn't say that he's blasting air horns at you. I'd say that he's uh, he has hoisted uh, the crimson colors. This is definitely <laughs> a red flag that he's flying over his uh, over his vessel. Uh, it's not great. It. So one of the questions you asked, is it possible that he hates condoms this much? Yes, it is absolutely possible. Uh, there have been various times in my life where I was like, fucking condoms? No way. Not for yeah. me. That's fucking stupid. That's a dumb thing that I thought and felt for a long time. A gang um, of condoms stole my lunch money as a child, and I never forgave <laughs> them. <laughs> I grew up in Cuba, and there were uh, condoms. We had to use condoms as the cheese on the pizza. Have you ever heard that, that stupid shit? <laughs> yeah. About Venezuela constantly too. Yeah, they they it. they love that one. They got Get five jokes. Bit. Yeah. Okay. Wait. Question. Sorry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is possible he hates condoms as much. Um, one thing that I would suggest to him is uh, maybe he's only tried it like a handful of times, and each time he had like uh, Trojan brand extra rubber. Uh, you know, additional thickness <laughs> brand. You know Triple I mean? walled. Yes, exactly. Not, not the good shit. Um. Uh. So, like, just try some new ones. The other thing that happens, um, early on when I tried to use condoms, I was like nervous and didn't really know what to expect from from sex necessarily. And so when I used a condom, like, it just sucked generally because I sucked at it and it wasn't like you know I wasn't comfortable with it, so it f everything felt weird, right? Once I came back to condom use after some more sexual experience, 
I was more able to be in tune with what I was supposed to be feeling, you know what I mean? In a weird way, like I was able to sort of like give the sensation more weight and feet like like i knew what to look for yeah. in the sensation you know what i'm saying because so, like uh uh amab people will be like oh i can't feel anything with a condom it's like no you can feel something you just have to sort of adjust what you're looking for in the sensation and like build to orgasm in sort of a different rhythm or something right. like i think i think people who use condoms uh, uh, know what I'm getting at, I think. I certainly do. It's kind of it's kind of that directing attention to a part of your body kind of thing, yes. to be honest. You just kind of got to put a bit more focus on it. Uh, that being said, because I, I, I get that. I also get condoms are a hassle. Sometimes, I don't know, for some people it doesn't feel that great. Like, I would prefer not to. I've talked about this. Yeah. It just doesn't bother me that much. You know? Yeah. Uh, that being said, like understanding that aspect, it's, it's strange to me that he has just gone like full. That's not an option. And I don't know if, you know, you just, you just didn't put in the details of the entire conversation. Cause that would be too long or something. Uh, cause this would be one thing if he was like, Hey, these really bother me. Like it fucks up the whole experience for me. Like, cause can we work around this somehow? You know, but the fact that it's just like we got to cut off everything is weird yeah. from like a communication perspective, and also just from like, well, so this interferes with your ability to come. So now sex is off the table. Yeah, I would rather not have sex than have sex with a condom. Seems right. Out While you're even no question asker partner here, like they're part of this too. Like yeah. and they want yeah. sex too, and they're not going to have like I don't know this this incredible drop off in sensation because you're wearing a condom you know in the same way that that the, the person with the penis here uh is is apparently going to have this big sensation drop off and that just that just strikes me as kind of inconsiderate into, mm. into this mix i just find that as like it, it seems like a selfish perspective but i might be reading into this too much there's almost got to be something else at play like in terms of maybe not wanting to have sex you know what i'm saying like mm -hmm. maybe there maybe there is something else going on in the relationship you say that uh he hasn't shown disinterest uh in any other way um keep keep an eye on that maybe like keep keep on the lookout for something uh in that in that zone because this reads to me like there might be something bigger at play in terms of not wanting to have sex yeah, I feel like there's got to be some hidden component here, too. Yeah. As far um, as practical advice goes, um, just suggest that you should try some different brands. Uh, I really like uh, Lifestyles is pretty good. Um, you get the you know, they're always coming out with new ones all the time. So I can't, I've really kept up with like the latest in condom technology, but I always <laughs> like Lifestyles. And if you could find uh, it's it's the gay brand. It's they're called One uh brand condoms and they always have a cute little illustration on the wrapper and it'll say like tap one or uh unwrap one and it's like a cute uh, little I know, see. something with that that's fun yeah maybe we'll get such a kick out of that he'll be able to come despite the condom you know what i'm saying yeah maybe i'll see that wrapper and be like Haha, that's pretty good and then i'll oh. put him in a better yeah that's what i'm saying <laughs>
I think you could all like I would dig deeper into this. I would yeah. talk to him and be like, what hey, what gives that like we're cutting off sex because you don't want to wear a condom entirely? Like, is there something else to this? Yeah. It could work around this. Like, what if we had sex and then I give you a head or something without the condom? Sure. You know what I'm saying? Like, because again, if if it's the it's too desensitizing that you can't come problem here. There's so many fucking ways to work around that. Yeah. You know what and I'm also, saying? And orgasm isn't even necessarily the fucking goal of sex. And it necess- shouldn't yes. necessarily be. So like, just like physical intimacy with your fucking partner being cut off because you won't wear a rubber. That's like wild. Yeah. Yeah. I dig, dig deeper into that. Express your feelings on this too. Cause like, it's totally understandable. You would be upset. This is pretty weird. Yeah. And, especially if there's been really no other signs like this, you know, like I can't even, I'm like an allergy, but why wouldn't he just say it? You know, yeah. he has an allergy. I, I don't understand. Right. Put your theories in the comments, folks. All right. What are we <laughs> good? Final good luck with this. Yeah, uh, best of luck with this. This sounds rough. That's no fun. Hey, pod boys. I am a young hey. male professional who has packed in about 10 pounds since quarantine began. My best friend has been getting into better shape, and it's making me feel like absolute shit in comparison. I think it's giving me body dysmorphia. The issue is that day to day, I don't have the energy or drive to work out or eat less like shit. What can I do to be less terrible? Oh, topical. <laughs> also, been talking can, about I just, this shit? can I just say at the top before we get anything? You're not being terrible. You're just put on 10 pounds, and that's not... You know, that's maybe not something you want, but that's not necessarily being terrible. Yeah, that's gonna that's gonna come into my whole my whole answer here. Uh, but I've I've talked about this before. Arthur and I were just talking about this before the show uh, with start yoga. And at the top, I guess I was talking about the all or nothing thinking. Yeah, and how that plays into like me with exercising because I, I have the reverse problem. Uh, I was a beefy, like, 190, squatting 400 pounds before this fucking quarantine happened. Uh, and now I'm, like, the thinnest I have ever been. I've lost a bunch of weight, and I did not want to, you know, what I, mm-hmm. like, in a bad way. Yeah. Uh, and I was getting the same thing because I have friends who have, like, really leaned into the exercising during quarantine, which I would have liked to do. But I got the same thing going as this person, it sounds like, or mm-hmm. I'm dealing with depression throughout a lot of this. Uh, the normal like routes to exercise or whatever. I can't just go to the gym and that's this big barrier to entry then. Cause it's like, can't just jump into exercising. I have to figure out how the fuck I'm going to do that, you know, or make a new plan. Uh, and that's, that's understandably frustrating and it can kind of spiral and you get to this point where it's like what I was talking about before. Oh, I'm so fucking far gone here. There's look, my friends are doing so much better. There's no way I can make it there. Look at me. I'm sitting on a fucking couch all day. Uh, I'm eating like trash. But it, it, the more you kind of get wrapped up into that, though, it, it, it basically is just a lot of negative self-talk. Even if you are in that situation, even if you are eating bad and being on a couch a lot, you got to be nicer to yourself. Like, give, yeah. your, give yourself a break because it, it's, it's understandable. Life is fucking brutal. This country fucking sucks. There's so many terrible things going on all the time. It is understandable to kind of shut down like that. So take that pressure off yourself to begin with. 
that brings me to that, you know, what can I do to be less terrible at the end there? Like Arthur said, you're, you're not terrible. No. You're having a rough time. You're dealing with depression in a situation where that is infinitely understandable. I would be, it's wild to me, anybody who has not dealt with depression in the past year or ever for that matter. Uh, in terms of like what to do though, to get kind of the positive momentum going, that was my example from earlier. Like I got so, you know, I was getting, I was getting weaker and skinnier and it's like, Jesus, if I can even get back into the gym, I'm going to be so fucking far behind. And it just kept feeling like all this weight building up on me, making it harder to do. Uh, and it was like, oh, I could work out for five minutes, but oh no, like that's not enough kind of thing. So I guess I'm, I'm telling you, take small steps here and try to remove as many barriers between you and like doing the thing as possible. Yeah. Uh, so like I brought up yoga and I've got into that because it's like I can throw the mat down and like do it in the kitchen. Like if I have that inclination to do it, I can act on it and like make it happen as opposed to I got to get in the car and get my lifting equipment and like all this shit. Yeah. Uh, so I just look for small things like that. Even going for a walk, just yeah. get yourself to move in some way. It doesn't have to be this big thing, but just in some way. And the more you do that, the, the easier it gets. Yeah. Uh, but it's fucking tough. I strongly empathize with you. I, I was there for much of this quarantine, much of the past year. It still fucking comes up sometimes. But all you can do is, is, is keep trying at it and cut yourself slack. You know, when you don't live up to it, don't beat yourself up. Don't waste your energy making yourself feel worse. It's just going to be harder to, to get back into it that way. Uh, same goes for food. Uh, meal prep is absolutely essential if you're trying to eat better. Uh, giving yourself options that are uh you know filling and nutritious uh and and ready and easy to to prepare rather than uh you know hitting the hitting the drive through like right. i've been doing a lot hey, fucking two partner oh so good the that's my that's Wendy, my current thing i'm working on wendy's got a <laughs> fucking jalapeno popper chicken sandwich now it's like a jalapeno popper is deconstructed. There's cream cheese and there's jalapenos on the chicken sandwich. That sounds fucked. I'm not on board with the cream cheese jalapeno. Uh, <laughs> Maybe it's good. It's really Maybe good. Maybe it's good. I'm telling it's you, though, crazy. question asker, it's not good. Uh, it sucks. Don't listen to Arthur's advertisement right there. It's not worth it. but it's not. Sometimes, if I, again, though, don't beat yourself up. It, it, it's good. Okay. <laughs> All right. What's next? Let's see. Hey. Hey, guys. Hey. Hello. My job is pretty nice. Oh. The one downside is I never feel like I do a good job. Oh. I receive compliments from other teams and our clients and haven't had a negative performance review in over two years now but I feel like any mistake that I make will be my last one. Am I overreacting? And how do I conquer my feelings of dread and anxiety? Uh, allow me to answer your question with a question. Uh, will you, can you please figure out how to overcome this and then tell me how to do it? Because that's, that's something that I struggle with mightily. And I, I think that it's probably just just a general anxiety thing if you have if you're generally an anxious person this is absolutely a manifestation of it uh you know uh it's the same deal with like social anxiety like any small mistake i'm gonna make is gonna ruin 
right. uh, this interaction and they're going to hate me and they're going to think, you know, all these things about me. Uh, people fuck up all the time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, this is something that I've, that I've come to, like, if I make a mistake, uh, I, I've started saying this is not the first time anyone has made this mistake and it won't be the last. And we're just going to keep rolling with it. Uh, Cause if you've received like uh positive performance reviews for multiple years in a row, you're probably fucking good. Um, Beyond good. You're fucking yeah. crushing. Yeah. And as far as, um, as far as like any kind of reassurance that you might want to get, uh, I've, I've employed this recently. See if you can't get some feedback from somebody above you, like just like come out and be like, Hey, how am I doing? And if like, I have the inclination that you are going to receive some positive feedback in that regard. So like 100%. go, go to, go to whoever's directly above you and just be like, how am I doing? And, uh, I think you're going to like what you hear. For sure. I, and I'm the same way. I've I've had this issue in the past, sometimes because I was fucking up, but the anxiety tied into that as well. And that's like the nightmare web yeah. right? where there's stuff you can point to and it's like, oh, I'm totally fucked. Uh, but again, you, you've got two years of positive performance reviews to point to. Like yeah. you were objectively kicking ass here, but it's that fucking... It, it, it's got to be the general anxiety thing. It's the fucking voice in the back of your head that's like, oh, but what if? Mm-hmm. What if? And like, Arthur, you're saying with the social anxiety and interactions, and even this with, with work maybe is how it plays out for you, but it's like the more that you do that and you uh, get, get like hyper vigilant and try to like preempt anything that could go wrong and like really make a fucking plan for everything, you are raising the stakes so goddamn high for yourself yep in a situation that the stakes are not that fucking high, but because like you're doing that to yourself, you're, you're, it's basically draining like brain resources from you. Like it, it, it costs something to put all that energy into, you know, stewing about it and like picking and trying to figure out other, oh, if there's an issue. Uh, and the problem with that is that could like make you have an actual issue. Cause you're spending all this time doing this. You're going to fucking feel bad as a result it's it's a cycle like so many other things we talk about on here uh and arthur i like your idea of talking to somebody and just get in your fucking face i'm gonna ask this you get the positive feedback then you put it to bed and you could point to i talked to that person shit is going well i've got the yeah. performance reviews uh but the, the anxiety stuff is still going to come up some days it's going to be worse than others but it'll still come up but the move is not to try to make that never happen again. And any side of anxiety is like bad, you know, it's just to accept that it's going to come up sometimes. And those thoughts are going to start churning. But when that starts happening, once you notice it, you go to the, hold on. I got two years of fucking performance reviews that say I'm kicking ass because yeah. I'm kicking ass, you know? And even if you don't fully believe it, just keep fucking reminding yourself of that. Every time the, the stew cycle spins up because it breaks that cycle and it also returns you to the fact that you're fucking great and you keep that mentality in your head. Be be a little bit nicer to yourself with things. Uh, I, I, things kind of fall into place with anxiety in my experience. Yeah. Uh, you often can't control when you will feel anxious, but you can control what you do when you do. I really um, like that. Yeah. Uh, you're going to feel like, oh, God, everything is coming to an end. Uh, it's how you handle those thought distortions. Cognitive behavioral torture, cock and ball therapy. 
So true. Uh, I'd recommend that too. If you're not seeing a therapist though, yeah. or you never have, and this stuff's really, really fucking getting to you. Even if it's not like I, if you can access that, I recommend that to fucking everybody. Yeah. Uh, just having a third party to be like, even if it's stuff that you already know, but to be like, well, you have two years of performance reviews. You're come on, yeah. you know, that, that alone is helpful, but also somebody who could kind of walk you through learning these, uh, you know, thought techniques we're talking about yeah it's like having an attorney for your emotions it's like having somebody like some kind of counsel that you can go to and you're like are we good here like you know i'm in conflict with this other party you know my own brain uh what that do we do here how dick. do we mediate this that fucking brain's the worst dude yeah my brain my brain's a real bag of shit half the time fuck that dude fucking making me I, upset at myself and over nothing I liked your analogy with with a brain lawyer, uh, in particular because like it, it can kind of be easy to to incorporate like the anxious spirals you have, and be like, "That's me." You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I am defined by this. This is like me actively doing this. Uh, but when it comes down to it, I, like I think it's helpful to to kind of look at your brain and thoughts as a third party sometimes. Sometimes. Because a lot of that shit is fucking noise. And I, I don't know, framing is, it, it is that I think helps helps with what I was talking about with the redirect, right? Because it's like, I don't need to pursue this fucking crazy anxiety spiral. It's like, what am I gaining from this? I'm not like actively thinking through this for, for you know, a particular reason here. It's some fucking shitty static that's going on. Change the channel. Let's go. Dub in the <laughs> chat. That's what I'm talking about. I wish you the best with this because we both fucking dealt with it. And I know it sucks ass, uh, but it does get better. And we believe in you. Yeah. And you listen to this show. So you're sick as hell. <laughs> uh, here's another one. Where I live, we're still under a strict stay at home order. Sounds like a civilized country. Uh, now that the weather is nice and the world is livable again, my partner and I are getting sick of being stuck at the house. However, we still want to stay home and safe. What do you suggest for a nice romantic day date? Date? D-A-Y-T-E. I like that. Uh, to really get the juice flowing. Yes. I'm leaning towards something to do with gardening. Big fan of the gardening that idea. Dope, and anything that gets you outside. Uh, have, you, have you found anything new throughout this that might be a fun outside thing? I haven't gone outside this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> I've, been, I've been like, I listen, I've played through every Dark Souls game, like again. <laughs> you know what uh, I mean? Like, like, I've beaten every Dark Souls game previous to quarantine, and then I've beaten every one but Dark Souls 2. Again. I see. Yeah. Uh, so, what we're saying is, you want to get your system of choice and a TV and a big extension cord. Bring it out in the back, then you can play Dark Souls outside. That's a good date. I love that. Gardening's fucking sick. Um, plant some fucking petunias and shit. That sounds awesome. Uh, depending on what kind of land you have available, you could even plant, like, fucking edible shit. Uh, there's a, yeah. There is a dope uh, potato farming, like, urban potato farming method that uh, my ex and I wanted to do but never got around to, so I'm going to give it to you in the hopes that you might give this a shot. So you get some old fucking tires, right? And you clean them out. 
because you don't want fucking oil and gross shit in your in your <laughs> dirt. But you take the you take the tire and you fill it with dirt and you plant a potato seed. Bloop. Right? Or you plant I guess just fucking plant a potato, right? Because that's the root and it grows from that. Uh as the plant as the plant grows vertically, you add another tire. Boom. And then you put some more uh, dirt around that. And because oh. it's a root, right? It like roots in each layer of the tire yeah. and then you get a, like a big fucking stack of potatoes that's cool as hell no can you use some tires ah <laughs> uh, give up your car take the tires off of your car and use them to grow potatoes i'm i'm big on this gardening idea too because it's got that personal project element we've talked about and that's always good and when like you you got this thing you're doing that you enjoy and at the end you got a bunch of tires filled with potatoes. That fucking rules. It's like yeah. a fun bonus. And then, I don't know, when shit gets cold or something, or maybe just another idea, like you all can cook with that stuff that you're growing, and that's pretty oh, yeah. cool. That's a satisfying feeling. Uh, as far as other stuff, I'm just going to keep saying yoga because it's on my brain. But it's fun to do with somebody else, and it's fun to do outside. And sometimes the old lady next door says hi to you, and then you hear her say, oh, I saw the yoga guy. And I was like, oh, I'm the yoga guy now. That's cool. <laughs> Laying on the ground, doing hip stretches, like the least impressive shit to look at. <laughs> but yes, uh, biking has been really good mm. for outside date stuff. Ran a couple bikes. We're in a city, get like the bike share, just zip around yeah. and just give even biking somewhere and like eating lunch outside or something. That's a yeah. great time. Uh, can I can I real quick tell you about the kind of person I have become? I, I am the person that in a retail situation, uh, the customer will often look to say the other cashier who's there and like, give them a look like what's up with this fucking guy. <laughs> uh, and I determined that it's because when you walk up to that counter, you're expecting me to say, please may I suck your dick. And what I say instead is this is a professional situation. This is how things work here i'm going to share this with you uh you want your return done fantastic let's do that uh thanks so much for stopping by have a marvelous day i'm not going to be like oh my god hi <laughs> hi you need to make a return i would love to suck your dick <laughs> I'm, a little more, I'm not exactly terse and i'm not exactly like i'm not mean or shitty yeah, or, no. like, but i'm like hello how can i help you that's the fantastic good you know yeah. Processing your return brings me intense sexual pleasure. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, I'm so fucking hot for your chinos. I even have a branded cloth here that I use to catch the loads. And how fun is that? I am <laughs> delighted by all of this. Let's return this my pillow. Let's fucking go. <laughs> we fucking need RFTB branded cum rags. Ooh. But if it's the logo, then people are just coming on our faces. I guess that's a cum tribute in a way. <laughs> I guess the you know the most tributed to with cum is probably tissues. How about that? Yeah, Kleenex. Yeah, Kleenex cum tribute. Number one tribute, folks, because people because people come in a Kleenex. All right, uh, do the gardening. I really like that. How do I get my partner to open up about their sexual desires? How do I broach the subject to someone that seems uncomfortable to talk about it? 
I think we may also need to institute a low-key lightning round uh, okay. to make sure we accommodate everything. Okay. Just a little um, lightning. Just a little bit of... Um, oh, man. I think... Wait, hold on. What about, like, whispered lightning? Lightning. <laughs> this is the opposite of lightning. <laughs> That's a good bit. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> it is the... Uh, okay, so you want them to open up, they don't want to open up. Uh, you can't exactly be like, give me your fucking desires, I need them now. Uh, you can't exactly right. drop that on a motherfucker. So you do have to kind of let them come to you. I think if, if if you've been in a situation where you've shared uh, your deepest sexual desires with them and they were like, oh, sick. Then they're just not like they're just not ready to to share what they got going on, and I don't think you can you can really force that. I think the best thing you can do is sort of lead by example and share what you're into, and hope that they'll read the message. Agreed. Definitely, it's another thing where putting too much pressure on a situation is going to be rough for them if they're having trouble opening up about this stuff. It's kind of like you got to create the environment where they're comfortable mm-hmm. doing that. Uh, and yeah, I think talking about your stuff and being open with it is good. Uh, maybe even just like suggesting things that are, that are very low key, but just throwing some stuff in the mix. Like, yeah, what if you'd spanked me or something? You know, Mm -hmm. what if, uh, what if we incorporated this like vibrator, something simple like that? Yeah. And then you just kind of build from there. Uh, cause I, I get what you're saying. Or like putting somebody on the spot with this stuff can be really fucking tough. You know, not everybody is comfortable talking openly about this stuff. I fucking wasn't for a long time. I think that's part of what we hope to do with this show is talk frankly about this stuff. Uh, but we, you know, we fucking understand it. It could be, it could be kind of nerve wracking, like especially if you got like confidence issues and that kind of thing. Maybe that leads me to something else here. Mm-hmm. Any way you can like boost them, whatever that means to you, like kind of empower mm. them uh, in your intersexual situations. I don't know, compliments or fucking words talk that is like uh encouraging yeah uh, dirty talk that's like very very positive i guess complimentary anything like that you could do to boost them it's definitely so much easier to talk about this stuff when you know the person you're talking to thinks you're sexy you know it's much easier to be sexy if you know that other person thinks you're sexy lead them to develop a praise kink there you go you're gonna want them Wanting to be called a good little slut. That's what you that just solves the situation too. Actually, if you just keep giving them compliments, maybe yeah, you just create a kink. Huh? Powerful. Huh? Huh? <laughs> From certain angles, I look like Mike Lindell speaking in a my pillow. <laughs> I don't like that. Maybe it's just the lighting in here. The stash. Somebody shave that man's mustache. It is heresy. <laughs> heresy. Very good. All right. Uh, let's see. I am a person with codependency that recently had a relationship with a person with severe untreated BPD come to an abrupt, traumatic end. I was fucked in the head for a bit, but now the dust is settled, and I'm realizing that a lot of my patterns and choices and partners are a direct result of my codependency, and that I need to learn how to love myself more. So my question is, how the fuck do I do that? (laughs) Yeah, buddy. Holy shit, this is basically... Uh, the situation I was in. Wow. Uh, quite like, end of first big relationship was something like this, where, like, in retrospect, is definitely fucking codependent. 
a lot of the stuff was like my own anxiety and the you know patterns and choices that you're talking about like basically as as playing into this uh more than i realized and there's this frustrating thing where when you escape one of those relationships if you can like get to that point because it's fucking hard yeah get out of there well because you've been in this codependent situation this person's been such an integral like part of your identity in your in your life and like your day-to-day taking that away all of a sudden can leave you feeling just completely fucking adrift and it's really scary and it really crushes your confidence and it's really fucking hard to to build back up uh and i imagine that's where the all caps fuck is coming from because it's fucking frustrating it's so goddamn frustrating uh so it for me the biggest things that that helped with with recovering from that were for me the fucking gym like mm. just getting really into power of iron exactly and uh, I'm just feeling fucking good about how I looked and feeling strong and shit. That was great. And yeah. like that alone boosted, boosted me. Felt like I was moving in some direction. I had like a goal I was moving toward and I could see the fucking progress happening. And it doesn't have to be weightlifting, but anything like that, you can kind of self-improvement kind of stuff, physical exercise of some kind. I think that's going to help uh, a fucking lot. Yeah. Another thing is therapy. Like mm-hmm. that shit is traumatizing. Coming out of a codependent relationship is fucking traumatizing. That shit screws your head up so goddamn much. Uh, a lot of times coming out of that, maybe it was an abusive situation that that's got all kinds of fucking crappy uh, implications too. And so just having somebody that you can talk to and get uh, again, a third party perspective, especially in a situation like this, like where you are in this relationship, that's kind of like a, house of cards that kind of lies you're telling each other like or, or, or bad toxic framing and so having somebody who can tell you you can tell them the situation and they could be like oh yeah that's fucked for this this and this reason yeah. that's gonna do a lot i think too in terms of just like catharsis and realizing that like i don't know you're not the piece of shit you think you are you know so much of that just comes out of kind of that toxic situation um the other thing Talked about this before, too, but getting back in the dating game can be fucking hard, and you can really get the sense of, like, oh, oh, I'm about to find the one, and then it doesn't fucking happen, and you start thinking, oh, man, maybe that codependent relationship, maybe I, like, dropped the the only, you know, that was as good as it could get. I had, like, this thing, and now it's gone. That could be isolating, uh, and that's not the fucking case, and it's another one of those situations where just kind of don't put too much pressure on yourself give yourself like the permission to like recover from this. Cause this is a fucking hard situation. It's a hard adjustment to do. Uh, and so when getting back into the dates, just don't, I don't know, don't put so much pressure on yourself. Try to do your best to get to a point where you're comfortable being alone, comfortable with who you are. And, uh, you know, before you're really pushing into that. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely important to give yourself time to, to grow into, uh, you know, more of a self-actualized person without this, um, codependent situation. Right. Um, I very, I think I very much like am still recovering from like a relationship that ended years ago. <laughs> you know what I mean? In this regard. Uh, so I mean, fuck, I'm going to take, I'm going to take Donovan's advice. 
I'm gonna fucking. I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm gonna try some of that. Highly recommend. And I mean, yeah, I, I still get shit from it too. Like sometimes those effects, like they can last a fucking long time. Uh, I just want to reiterate that it can be easy to just be like, oh, it's just a bad relationship, whatever. But like, no, like you put a lot of yourself, all of yourself into that. If it's this fucking codependent situation. Uh, and that's, that's not like a, a small thing, you know? Right. So your feelings here are valid as hell. Uh, and we love you and we're fucking fantastic. So you should probably love yourself too. <laughs> Hey, Arthur and Donovan. Hello. I'm the girl who had the boyfriend who did the Fraser dance. <laughs> <laughs> After getting through the first season of Cheers, we decided to watch Austin Powers, International Man of Mystery, last night. While making popcorn, I heard my SO yell, Oh, fuck! <laughs> the dinosaur dance is, in fact, from the opening of that film. I am free. I knew that I, as much as I begged the universe to let the Frasier dance be a real thing, I knew it was not a real thing. Damn it. It is good to have closure on where it came from, though. Yeah, I think I, I think I recall the moment in Austin Powers International Man of History where he does the dinosaur dance. I think I recall this. Uh, is that after he says, do you make me horny? Do you make me horny? Do you make me horny like a turgid male T-Rex? I think they had a cloaca, Do you actually. make me horny? Is that what he says? I think he, he asked says... if he makes you horny. <laughs> do I make you horny, baby? Hey, do you make me horny? <laughs> oh, oh, gov, can you answer a question for... I don't know what accent that was. That's yeah, different than baby, what I have no self-awareness. <laughs> Yeah, baby, baby, I don't know what I'm feeling in any given moment. Do you make me horny? I can't reach sexual fulfillment without some assistance. Please. <laughs> do you? Do you? Do you make uh, me horny? Where am I? <laughs> this has been Austin Powers, uh, but he lacks self-conception, I guess. Or maybe his derms just don't work or something. That's that's a bit we'll be developing in the future. And Absolutely. then he does the dinosaur arms. Thank you for the update on that. It's been a very fun uh, saga to follow well, along funny. with. And uh, I'm glad we all solved this mystery. Now I'm going to have to watch that movie so I can learn how to do the dinosaur dance. The Frasier dance, as it is now known. The Frasier dance. Everybody do the Frasier! Woo! And we're, we're on camera here doing the Frasier, folks. You can't believe it. Oh, it's so great. Uh, feet dancing around the dance floor. Wow, golly gee. Let me see you moving. Shake it across the dance floor. All right, what do we got in here next? Uh, let's see. Greetings, boys. When you're Greetings. flirting... <laughs> when someone you're flirting with texts you... What are you wearing? And you happen to be wearing something definitely not sexy. What is the best slash least mood killing way to respond? Do you lie and hope they don't ask for photos? Do you tell them the truth and hope they find it funny? Is it just a lame thing to act in the ask in the first place? Thank you. Love the pod. Oh, thank you. Love the you. Yeah, we thank you. Love the you. Damn. Okay. Uh, best le slash least mood killing way to respond. What's your best? Oh, 
Or you can start with least. It's like, what what are you wearing? I, my fucking literal ass is just like, <laughs> like socks. I've got these like basketball shorts on and this fucking Superman t-shirt. Glasses. Wanted to hear. <laughs> yeah, glasses. Oh, I'm wearing glasses. <laughs> so that is the, that is the not. Yeah, that's not good. And I, I just, I just answer literally, which is not the best move. Um, Another thing that you could do is you could have an outfit ready at all times that you're like, they text like, what are you wearing? And you go, oh shit. And you go and you fucking put on like the negligee. A reference go, outfit. It's a negligee. I'm wearing a negligee. <laughs> Whew. Whew. <laughs> yeah, I think I would probably do the literal thing by accident. Uh, and probably the most oh i see what you're saying best slash least mood killing way i thought they were asking like what's the best or worst way to respond Mm. i'm gonna answer that anyways because my bad one my around the house outfit tends to be my dad's old loafers that he second handed to me like six years ago i wear them as my house shoes wear them as my house shoes with tall wool socks pajama pants uh, and the motherfucking comfy, and so I look like just a big blueberry, one of the California raisins, even waddling around my apartment. Nobody wants to hear about that. Best, uh, I got a sock on my dick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm naked. Besides that, whoa! I'm doing the Red Hot Chili Peppers right now. Yeah, call me Flea. <laughs> um. I, you know what? It makes me feel really good that you get dressed up for the pod. Because you're not wearing the comfy right now. Oh, that's my, that's my, like, the lights are low. Or for mm. till noon, usually. Like, I wake up and throw that on because it's cold down here in the basement. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then after lunch, I'll put regular clothes on. And then after we record, I'm back to the California Raisin. <laughs> Uh, you usually get whatever the fuck I was wearing when just like whatever I happen to be wearing. Like, I don't, I don't fucking put any effort into my odd fits. Odd fits. I, it, is it just, okay, wait. So do you tell them the truth and hope they find it funny? I guess that's up to you, right? Like you can kind of direct this how you will. Cause it is kind of a lame thing to ask in the first place. It's a little bit yeah. of a cliche. It's a little bit. It's a little yeah. bit forced. If your sexy line causes me to get on the mic, like real close to the microphone and go. <coughs> <coughs> if it makes me do that, that's not good. That's not, a, that's a corny line. <laughs> I choked on water. That was terrible. If I couldn't were, tell if you were like doing a cough imitation or something happened there. That was real. I had, I had a little water in the back. Of my throat I hate when that happens. Uh, but if you're, sexy line makes me lean into the microphone and go what are you wearing that's probably pretty corny yeah right right and it's also just like it's such a request and then it puts you in this dilemma too yeah yeah i just uh, i'm not the biggest fan of that uh but so tell them the truth if you want to put the kibosh on that yeah like i'm wearing a fucking blanket king of the hill onesie why was that the first king of I wish the hill onesie? I wish that existed. Like with just like Bobby's face on it. Yeah, I was thinking Hank. 
Sure. It's just like a, a white t-shirt and blue jeans and black shoes, but on a on a onesie. Feel it? You pull it <laughs> yes. up, you got that brown hair? We're Hell marketing yeah. that. Um, Comes with the glasses. Also, related note to King of the Hill, somebody posted a screenshot from uh, The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild where Link's hair didn't load in properly, and he looks like Bobby Hill. <laughs> Okay, uh, yeah, so put the K-Bosh on it if you want to. That's no good. Uh, I I completely disregarded the lightning this entire time. There are many questions, but that's all right, because here's the next one. Hey there, RFTB cuties. Oh, thanks. Oh, hey. I, 20M, have been thinking a lot about my past recently. In high school, I dated this girl for about a year. We were very close, and I cared about her a whole lot, but we needed to end things as neither of us were in the best state of mental health, and she was starting to become sort of toxic. I had to cut her out of my life completely to try and heal emotionally, which was very difficult. We had, and still do, many very close friends in common. Despite everything, I still really cared about her. In the time since, I've also fallen out of contact with some of our mutual friends, as it has been too much to try to balance hanging out with one of us at a time, which I totally understand. For whatever reason, over the past few weeks, I've been thinking that I really want to reconnect with her. Everything bad between us happened so long ago and feels so childish in hindsight. After four years, is reaching out a bad idea? I have no real idea how she would react. You guys ever been in a similar situation where you wanted to reach out to someone and you weren't sure if you should? <laughs> Thanks, dudes. Yeah, um, I have. And I reached out to her and she said to me, don't ever speak to me again. Uh, and I never did. So be prepared. Like, if you really want to go through with this, be prepared for that to be a possible answer. Um the other thing, I, I had another one, uh, another like ex that I reached out to, and I was like, "Hey, we just, you know, we haven't talked in a really long time. I just wanted to wish you a happy new year and like see how you're doing." And then I like I looked at our Discord conversation the other day, and it was it was like five exchanges, and then back to fucking silence. So like you, it it is also a possibility that you'll like try to quote reconnect with this person. You'll exchange three messages and then never fucking talk to him again. Um, For sure, because it's like. The chemistry is just not there a lot of the time. And so like maybe, maybe do this if you're really feeling it. Um, but you don't have like anything in the way of expectations. Strongly agree. You really don't know which way this is going to go. Uh, and I'm somebody who likes to keep in touch with exes and try to like, you know, if it ended badly, given some time later in the, you know, and the full cutoff this person's talking about attempting to reconnect. Cause I think that's good. I think you can learn some shit from that. Uh, but like you're saying, there's no fucking guarantee. Four years is a long time. You know, yeah. you guys were incompatible four years ago. And sometimes people change and, you know, you land on a point where you could have a friendship or something. Sometimes people change completely in a different way though. And then you yeah. go back and there's fucking nothing in common there. Uh, or like you're saying, Arthur, you, you might reach out have a little back and forth and then nothing what it really comes down to though is just like how stable are you feeling right now like i'd really kind of investigate what was this like beforehand and 
if this happened, like, could I deal with this? Am I ready yeah. to like be in contact? Cause sometimes that could bring up like old feelings and anxieties and shit. And it's, you don't need to get derailed like that. Uh, for, for something that like we're saying is kind of a crapshoot on how it turns out. But if, if you're feeling, you're feeling good about things and you think it's worth it. I mean, shooting the message can't hurt. But just again, don't keep your expectations low, you know, and, uh, you know, hopefully you can reconnect and, and something good happens out of it, but no, no guarantee. And it, it might be bad. So what is this face you're making? I'm making a face. Yeah, you're doing like a like that? I'm opening my eyes wide. Was I? Hmm. Oh, maybe it was just a pensive face. Yeah, I think it's a pensive. It's a Mike pensive face. Uh, I think we landed about the same place on that one, though. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Think over it. Don't feel obligated to. Yeah, don't feel obligated to. And you might want to even interrogate the reasons why you want to do it. Because, like, if you are at all being like, I don't know, I'm I'm single right now. I'm lonely. Yep. I'm going to try to hit up my ex and see what happens. That is a (laughs) fucking move. That is a thing that people do. And sometimes it works out. And sometimes maybe you have some cool sex or whatever. Uh but it's, I'll I'll give the blanket caveat. If this is what you're thinking, we need the blanket advice that I always give people uh, when they're trying to get back together with their ex. It's going to be a big no for me, dog, mainly because the things that sucked before will continue to suck uh, unless these drastic changes have taken place on both sides of, of the issue. Um, so interrogate your reasons for wanting to reconnect and uh, set your expectations low. And I don't know, shoot him a message. Fuck. There you go. Good luck to you. And don't do it if you're having, if you're having doubts or anything. True. Feeling unstable or anything. All right. Uh, what else? Tip. <laughs> Hi, Arthur, Donovan, and special guest. <laughs> Get fucked. There's no guests this week. Uh, Picky, let's say hi. Oh, I was going to freak out if she did. Maybe she'll show up. Uh, Two weeks ago, I went to a B-Day party, the first large social engagement since COVID began. I had a few too many to drink, and I ended up being, and it ends up being 10p. I forgot how birthdays were. And it being 10 p.m. Oh, sure. Oh, okay, okay. I had a few too many to drink, and it being 10 p.m., I forgot how birthdays worked. I went and sliced the cake on my own, thinking it was a free-for-all. <laughs> the wife of the B-Day boy yelled at me, and feeling completely humiliated, I tried to play it off by saying, uh, it's 10 p.m., maybe take some ownership as a joke. <laughs> I felt awful afterwards, but the party continued, and I thought it was just a faux pas on my part. Cut to the next morning. And the B-Day boy told me I had to apologize to his wife for being rude and that I made her really uncomfortable. I apologized promptly, and she said she appreciated my apology. I still feel awful because this woman is a good friend of mine, and I hate that I might have caused a rift uh, uh, and her husband. I might have caused a rift, and her husband is my best friend. Uh, What can I do? I'm drinking less at parties from now on, so that doesn't factor in. (laughs) Yeah. That's a that's a fucking professional move because I was a habitual fucking cake slicer. You know what I mean? I was, <laughs> I was cutting cakes I shouldn't have been often. 
and maybe, yeah, maybe it's a matter of reevaluating your relationship with alcohol. Because who the fuck sees an uncut cake at a birthday party and just goes, "Well, clearly, clearly, this is for me to cut and do." Right. First you question. Sing? You're supposed to. It's a birthday party. You sing to them. Well, it's happening. There's a, there's a ceremony. There's a whole thing. There's a whole thing. There's do. literally a fucking ceremony we do. <laughs> You didn't wish him in many more. <laughs> you didn't clap and say Channel 4. I, I hated that, that one. one. And many more on Channel 4. This I don't is know one that of the one. dumb like follow ups. Fucking wow. Crazy. Yeah, pretty great stuff. Uh, first question Are you Larry David? <laughs> what? I thought the cake was forever. <laughs> I can just do it. That's perfect. We're all going to eat the cake, right? It's going to the same place. It's all going to the same place. Uh, yeah, that's a big faux pas, yeah, but hilariously so. Yeah, pretty funny. Like as uh, far as as far as they go, I, I don't think this is somebody that's gonna like. This isn't something with permanent implications. No, you didn't like fuck up somebody's. I don't know, wedding day or so, or like a job you interview. You didn't cut the wedding cake on your own. Yeah. Yeah, this is it's a birthday. Yeah, your buddy turned twenty eight, and you cut his cake, and you know that sucks. Uh, Your your drunken reply to the wife of like fucking take it's ten p.m. Take some ownership over the cake. Uh, Your prompt apology and her appreciation of the apology uh, is good. Yeah, Uh, one thing I would caution you is is if you feel weird about it still. She's going to feel that weird and it's going to make things even more weird. So you kind of have to just like let it go. Yep. Uh, you got to kind of just put that out of mind and try to act as if it did not happen. Because um, otherwise you're going to make it weird. I think also just just remember, and I, I would hope most people understand this, but getting back into big social gatherings after like a year and a half. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's a little weird. It, it, there's a little adjustment. You know, uh, sometimes it drives you to cut the birthday cake. <laughs> uh, and so I think you got the the right kind of zoom in on, all right, tone down to drinking a little bit. You know, I, and again, like new social thing. I understand being like, holy shit, I got to drink a bunch of beer because this is too many people. Uh, and I, I feel like most people kind of get that. You did the apology. She accepted the apology. Yeah. Let let the thing lie. You must. It's it'll be a funny story eventually. It is a very funny story. Oh yeah, yeah. Maybe <laughs> maybe it is thirty first birthday. He'll invite you to cut the cake. Right. You want to do the honors? That'd be great. <laughs> uh, what else we got? Two more. We gonna make it. Oh, it's me. Yeah. My 29M boyfriend and I, 28F, moved in together just before COVID. Sounds familiar. We have an active sex life, but the past six months, he's begun asking me to berate him in the bedroom, calling him useless, telling him that I'm disgusted by what a freak he is. The reason why I'm writing in is because he doesn't seemingly derive any pleasure from it. I make him cry, and he gets me to orgasm, but he never comes. He just sits up in bed and is distant for an hour. He's evasive when I asked him why he wants me to do it, so I'm just not sure what to do. 
Ooh. Woof. Uh. Wow. I mean, maybe, maybe that's, maybe that is doing it for him. Is there a world where that, like, that's what he wants out of it is to not come and be destined for an hour? I could see somebody feeling really bad, like wanting yeah, this. Like, like maybe he feels bad that he wants this. It, I, it doesn't, it, it just does not seem to be coming from a good place. Also, just sure. like general kink shit here. This is like a pretty fucking intense thing. You're bringing yeah. this guy to tears. What is the after situation? Yeah, like, what do you, you talk about after? this at all? I mean, it sounds like he he sits up in bed and is distant for an hour. Like, don't wake daddy. That was inappropriate. But also, you know, now I'm just sitting up the game. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, because he fucking shot. He just shoots up. Okay, thank you. I, I just, <laughs> just came to my mind. Uh, we got to do, like, do what we can. What we can that sounds like, like how I would feel when get like just so fucking depressed and things are so bad that you just hit kind of bottom and there's just that time for a bit where you're just fucking numb and you don't feel anything and it's horrible and that's not good and you probably shouldn't like and, and not like i don't think you're doing something wrong here it sounded like he's brought this up and it's consensual and everything but it just seems like this is not coming from a good place for him that's a really good point i'm imagining the fact that this wasn't like a hey this is this thing i'm into Let's try this out. And then afterwards, you know, let's talk this through. How did we feel? Our, like, and he's having a good time out of it. The the fact that this seems like it kind of came out of nowhere, like you're saying. Yeah. He keeps wanting you to do this, but it's just reducing him to tears. And then he sits there with a thousand yard stare for fucking an hour afterwards. That's that's like, that feels like self-flagellation type shit almost. Yes. And yes. not in like a sexy way either. And just like a, in just like a bad depressed way. Yeah. He's got to figure out why he wants you to do this. And I think maybe like you can help with that. I think maybe even just the blunt question, like I get this is like a sex thing. Is this really a sex thing for you? Right. Like what is happening here? Um, even like, I'm not comfortable doing this with like no context or no like after talk. Like I feel yeah. like I'm doing something is not good here. Yeah. Is it, or, or another way that you could take it if you wanted to be a little sneakier, you could be like, uh, what am I doing wrong? Because like, it doesn't seem like I'm getting the reaction out of you that I would expect if this was like a kink of yours. Right. What am I doing wrong? Uh, right. And that could that could maybe open up the conversation about what's actually happening. Yeah. And I, I would like just jump on that, too. I would not kind of just continue doing this the, the way yeah, things are because this. Again, like, there could be a lot of more details to this, but just from what we're seeing here, this this seems really unhealthy. Yeah. And it feels like something's going on with him. I think you got to figure out what that deal is as opposed to, you know, playing plan through this. Fucking A. That's, uh, yeah. that's rough. I, I wish you all the best. And I hope, man, fucking A, man. I, like, I, can't, I don't know. I can't imagine where... Yeah, it has to be something brutal for for that to come out like so intensely out of nowhere like that. So yeah. I, I hope he's doing all right. I I wonder how it was originally broached. Like that's what I was getting at. Like how did this come up? Like how did did he go? Okay, this is how I get off, and then he didn't get off. Yeah, 
also just like, did, did anything happen that like coincided with this yeah. shit? Has he been acting different in other areas? Uh, yeah, the, I just can't picture this as a in a vacuum kink thing, doing it all for the, you know, sexual gratification and the experience that this just seems like this dude wants to get emotionally beat up. That's not a good impulse. Yeah. Unless you're getting off from it and like, you know what, what's going on here. You know what I'm saying? It, I don't feel like he's fully aware of like what this fetish is or if he is, he's, you know, says he's being evasive, then he's hiding it. And it's like, okay, what the fuck is going on then? Yeah. You know, big, big concern vibes. Uh, we, we wish you the best. Absolutely. Uh, we have a final question here in the box. We're arriving at this, at the final question of the supersized episode. Woo. What's poppin'? Arthur Donovan, impossible <laughs> guest. What's poppin', Picky? What's poppin'? Uh, hope you're having a great show so far. I love that. Yeah, That's great. Thank you. <laughs> My situation has to do with friendships rather than romantic relationship. Uh, but y'all seem super down to earth and like you've got your heads on your shoulders. So I figure you might be able to help me through this. Thank uh, you. I just real quick. I was thinking about this the other day. We haven't done this in a while, little while. Friend zone. Oh, yeah. This question takes us to the friend zone. Hell yeah. Uh, so let's see. I have a close-knit group of friends since high school who has stayed in touch throughout the pandemic here and there by playing video games together and hanging out in Discord. Pre-COVID, most of them moved to New York and had been seeing each other regularly. Two of them live about 45 minutes away from me, and I still live in our hometown. Past weekend, a few of them posted pictures on social media of them camping at a campsite literally 20 minutes away from our hometown where I live. They're all vaxxed and they know I'm vaxxed, but no one ever asked me if I wanted to stop by for the day to hang out. I have a lot of anxiety when it comes to social stuff, so learning about this made me feel mega excluded or not even considered at all. It makes me feel like absolute shit, to be honest, that I don't know how to bring it up with them or if I even should. Would it be shitty of me to ask why no one reached out to me or if I was even considered when they made these plans? I don't want to be a difficult friend or shit on their good time, but like I said, it makes me feel horrible that they were all so close hanging out together and I had no idea. Peace, love, and thanks for your time. That's not fun. That's fucking, yeah, that sucks ass. Especially now when everybody's like, God being around friends like please finally you know to feel excluded that's got to re feel real shitty so sorry to hear that that being said uh with these kind of things with friendships and relationships in general i kind of try to return to giving them the benefit of the doubt important in part to do the anxiety spiral termination thing i've been talking about because it just prevents you from okay but well why this this and this or Maybe they've been up there and they've realized they've debated amongst themselves and realized they don't like me. And so they went there without me, you know? Uh, and instead just, I don't know, man, people making plans sometimes like that, especially something like a camping trip. Like who knows if this shit was spur of the moment. Sometimes it's like, we got one tent. We just got a couple people here. All right, let's do it. Yeah. Also, they're going from like a city to this other destination. And even though it's close to you, like, I, I don't know. I get how you could not, consider you in this scenario if they're just making this plan and it's like you're at a campsite as opposed to yeah i don't know back in town or something like that uh 
until until you have evidence to the contrary, basically, or until like I don't know, maybe you realize that the, the friendship isn't good, or like these just aren't the people for you. In which case, it's like all right, maybe you don't want to be friends with these people. Yeah. Uh, as far as like checking up on it, though, like if there's one specific person you're close to, maybe hit them and be like, "Oh, hey, I felt kind of left out." You know, yeah. somebody that you would be comfortable doing that with. I wouldn't like hit up the group chat like. <laughs> Where the fuck was Donovan? <laughs> uh, your your feelings here are absolutely real and valid. Um, I even have this. I have this when there's things that there's no there's no way where I could have been invited or that I should have been necessarily invited. It's like, fuck, I wanted to go like to the quilting thing. That's a bad example. <laughs> but like. Uh, oh, here's a, here's actually a really good example. Uh, fucking friend of the show, Daddy, goes to visit Donovan in Chicanglas the other weekend. I am literally on the way to Chicanglas. Uh, I felt I felt a little excluded. <laughs> you know, part of it is that like I couldn't have gotten off work in time. Blah blah blah. He did tell me like beforehand, and I could have sort of invited myself, but it felt it felt bad to not be included yeah um and the what'll happen sometimes is you just kind of just like you weren't you weren't up on that one you know what i mean it wasn't it wasn't sort of your time and so you just kind of like live in your feelings and acknowledge them but also recognize that that's not the end of the fucking world to not be invited to the campsite um and maybe just you know maybe you make the plans next time like, if you really want to hang out with these folks, maybe you get it together to plan something and invite them along. Uh, that'll also uh, let you build a case for the prosecution. If nobody fucking takes you up on that, then you can convict right. in the court of friendship and be like, these ain't my fucking friends no more. Like, you know. But you get you have to give them the benefit of the doubt on this one. You have to let it you have to let this one ride. Um and it hurts and it sucks and it's uh it's no fun at all but uh i think if you give them the benefit of the doubt and you let the like if you let your feelings i don't know i lost track of what the fuck i'm trying to say <laughs> <laughs> i see where you're getting at yeah though. yeah yeah it's just kind of like you're taking note of it it's all right to be hurt by this it's fucking understandable it's like not an ideal situation right but just kind of take take a step back from it, I guess. Check in with the check in with the people. Maybe make some plans like that. Because sometimes it's like you don't see somebody for a, like a group of friends like that. Yeah, you know, like I was saying before, like they're all in the same place. They made this camping trip or whatever. Like I could see how somebody, a friend, could just be kind of overlooked in that. Which again, that sucks. That's not to yeah. say you know it wouldn't make somebody feel bad. Uh, it's just like that. There's other explanations for this, yeah. and if you're kind of talking to people and it doesn't seem like anything's up, then just be putting yourself out there. When we go and camping, yeah, yeah, we're catching make, these brown trout. <laughs> make yourself sort of more present, like stay kind of more up in the front of their minds. You know what I'm saying? Uh, the other thing that that absolutely does happen and hurts and sucks and is very painful and very difficult to navigate is that the people that are your best friends, you are not their best. Like, there's asymmetry there. And if that is the case, then 
you would have to cultivate friendships elsewhere or maybe just put more fuel into this fire. Like if you want to get closer to these people, uh, I always like to to share something traumatic kind of, <laughs> you know, not like out of nowhere, but just like, you know, trauma bond with somebody like you get closer to somebody by by sharing like real talk and real experiences. So, like, yeah, checking uh, in on how your friends are doing, too. You that know, too yeah showing concern kind of about where your friends are personal conversation like that uh you know you also mentioned you have a lot of anxiety uh when it comes to social stuff too there and i think sometimes as somebody with that too sometimes that can play a component when you just get in like a, a social mode for like a month or you're feeling yeah. like particularly anxious and then it's kind of like i don't know I, i've had situations where i didn't get invited to somebody and like i realized oh it's because my friends have noticed that not been feeling very social recently, you know, and it's kind of like maybe they weren't even trying to bother me type of thing. Uh, and so, again, I just think doing the interactions, putting some putting some more fuel into the friendship. Uh, also, like big social situations can be more intense than one on one things. Again, yeah. if you got somebody particularly close to maybe hit them up and see if they want to get like lunch or something. Yeah. That's just maybe putting the energy into it. Maybe you're more of a one-on-one friend. I'm actually way more of a one-on-one friend than I am a group friend. Uh, I do much Me better too. in like a small, uh, small situation than, uh, than uh, like in a big group thing. Same, same fucking thing here. So yeah, also just kind of like setting up situations like that, that it play to your strengths and make you more comfortable. And, you know, then you can focus kind of on that person. You can have some actual like, deep conversation there and you're putting energy into the friendship see where it goes wish you the best though yeah yeah we wish you all the best for sure all sorry to come to chicago yeah i gotta do that i gotta get some gotta get some time maybe maybe after this uh this like work thing i got coming up is over call it like uh oh like uh august oh maybe it'll come up for my birthday Oh hell up, yeah! Like end of August, that'd be cool. That'd be super nice by then too. Chicangus, baby. Chicanglo. City of lights. Chicangle hat. Yeah, there we go. Well, we fucking did it. We got all of the motherfucking questions in the backlog, and we yeah. thank you all for sending them in. And we love you. We absolutely do. Uh, you know what we don't love. What's that? Uh, there's some, the world is bad, folks, in the world. For some people, it's really fucking bad right now. Uh, and it's been bad for a long time. And I'm speaking specifically about the people of Palestine. Uh, and I don't want to litigate anything here. I don't want anybody to, you know, come at me about who I support or whatever. Basically, I'm, I'm, I'm with the people who are hurting. That's who I, that's who I care about. Uh, so I would like to ask our listeners to donate to Doctors Without Borders. Uh, it's just a fucking fantastic charity. It's just like wherever people are hurt, uh, wherever people are sick, uh, they go and they help those people. So, uh, And also, if you're listening to this program, you're probably shared somewhat similar political beliefs, at least uh, a little bit, I would imagine. And I would just think about the fact that this country donates just billions in fucking military aid to them. 
Uh, and if there's one thing I know about the world, when this country is dumping that amount of money into something, it's probably not a good thing. Sure. It's probably has some fucking horrible ulterior motive. Uh, who knows, though? In the Middle East of all places, why would America ever do that? Who'd that would be fucking crazy. Who would have thought that a Western Imperial project might uh, draw a whole bunch of money from, like, a horrifying, you know, empire of blood? Yeah. Weird. <laughs> Fucking, fucking weird. There's a clear-cut answer on this. Yeah. Free Palestine. If you can donate, good times there. Uh, fucking A. Yeah. Don't, I, I, don't I buy Sabra. Bring up. Uh, BDS is such an important way to defeat... Uh, in apartheid state. It's important to defeat apartheid states. Um, Roses are red. This podcast is great. Israel is an apartheid state. Thank you, folks. That's been our message. Yeah. Uh, I love you. Thanks. Bye. Oh, wait. Fuck. We got <laughs> <laughs> I was going to try to just drop out. I was just going to try to bounce on it. Uh, we got shit to say. That's true. Intro song. To say. Intro song. Song hanging on. Band Knower. Outro uh, song. Song. Oh, wait. You got to say where you can find them. Uh, it's fucking bandcamp.com. NowhereMusic.bandcamp.com Outro music Stephanie by the Hey Fellows Instagram.com slash the Hey Fellows We're on Spotify, three words, it's the Hey Fellows Let's hear these shout outs These people give us money to say their names Uh, Like uh, Ryan, Rich Homie Click Clack Like our dear Dear friend, my dad (laughs) Like uh, The much beloved uh, Rich Homie Barb, with whom I am sharing My last week of work uh, with yeah. for for a little while, so big shouts to her. We love Barb. Ah, uh, shouts to my girlfriend Abigail. Uh, I'm gonna fucking spreadable fruit. Oh, you stole it from me. Big shouts to spreadable fruit. In that case, we gotta get a shout out for Daddy or Daddy. Whoa, we love Daddy. Falling into a radio voice at the end of the program. End of the program. Israel's an apartheid state. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Uh, okay. Uh, do we do, do we get all of them? Do we get all six? Abigail. And I think we did. Yes, yes. yes. Uh, if you'd like to get a shout out, hey, patreon.com slash RFTB. $10 a month, shout out all the bonus episodes. $5 a month, you get them bonus episodes. A bonus episode every week, often featuring the guest from the main show. It's a good time. There's like 30 episodes in there that you unlock as soon as you subscribe. So if you want more of us and you want to support the show, check it out. We fucking appreciate all you patrons. Yep. Uh, lots of love uh, to you, listener. Uh, and now we're going to fucking record more. <laughs> we're going to do Let's, more of this show. Love it. Yes. Uh, yes. you know what else I love? Oh, what's that? You. Thanks. Bye. Mwah.